You're listening to a Mamma Mia podcast. Hello, Outlouders. It's Jessie here, and I'm just popping into your ears to let you know that last week we launched a new show, and it's all about sex. Ever since Dolly Doctor, Australian women of all ages have sought out trusted information about their most intimate, private issues. There are some things that are just too personal for many women to talk about, even with their closest friends. And that's where Sealed Section comes in. It is hosted by award-winning psychosexologist Chantelle Otten. Sealed Section answers all your sex questions. And here's a taste of the first episode. If you like it, search Sealed Section in your podcast app and subscribe. From Mamma Mia, welcome to the new season of Sealed Section, the podcast that answers the sex questions you're too afraid to ask your girlfriends. My name is Chantal Otten. I'm a psychosexologist, scientist, and sex and relationship expert, and I am passionate about helping people find their pleasure and have great sex. And this podcast, well, it's really all about you. Each week, I'll be answering a few of your questions about sex, relationships, pleasure, and you know what? Nothing is off limits. Today, we are talking about a topic that can make people feel uncomfortable, and that is infidelity. I'm 42. He's 25. I cheated on the first guy I ever really liked, maybe loved. I have been cheated on before, and it's devastating, and I often find that It's just totally selfish. There are a million reasons why someone would cheat, and this can understandably be a really hard thing to hear about if you've been hurt by someone before. But you know what? This is a judgment-free zone. So I want to talk a little bit about why people cheat. Infidelity is painful, and not just for the person who's been cheated on, but also for the cheater a lot of the time. Stepping out on your partner can often lead to fear, guilt, anxiety, and it can often lead to separation, maybe divorce, maybe financial ruin, split families. Getting cheated on yourself as well is just a painful ego blow and it can be very hard to recover from. But you know what? People have been cheating for so many years. Hundreds of years we have records of people cheating. And according to the Institute for Family Studies, an estimated 16% of people have cheated on their spouse. And that doesn't even account for infidelity in non-married relationships. So it's probably a good idea to talk about why people cheat. I cheated on the first guy I ever really liked, maybe loved. We'd been together for, well, on and off for about a year. I think I knew that I wasn't going to be with this guy deep down in the long run. And even though he was a lovely guy, we got along so well and I, we were a good couple. I just think I wanted some way out of it. So I thought that kissing another guy was the best way to get out of it. I ended up kissing this other guy um, twice in a week, then felt so guilty 
that I sat down with my boyfriend at the time to tell him because I just felt so bad about it, felt like he needed to know. He cried in a cafe and I sat there feeling bad about it. We tried to make it work afterwards, but I think that was, yeah, it was a catalyst. We ended it and it wasn't meant to be. 80% of the time, it's actually not about their partner. It's not because they don't love their partner. It's not because of a failing relationship. Infidelity is often just a selfish act and its motivation has everything to do with the person who is cheating. So we need to actually think about a few reasons why people would cheat. A lot of the time, people are looking for self-discovery. So I want you to shift your perception of infidelity and think about the reason why infidelity creeps into some really happy relationships. Sometimes people are cheating because they are hoping to reconnect with lost parts of themselves or lives that they haven't been able to live. You know, often cheating is surrounded by quite traumatic episodes in the person who is cheating's life as well. They might have experienced a big life change or death or loss of some kind and they start looking to be a certain person in another way. You know what though, there are many ways to find yourself that don't include betraying a loved one but at least maybe I can give you a little bit of context as to why people cheat as well. They're finally doing something that they want, but paradoxically, they are also lying to their partner and sometimes finding themselves in strange situations where maybe for the first time, they're not lying about who they are or where they want to be going. A few other reasons why people might cheat is maybe because they're freaked out by getting old. This is the cliche midlife crisis. But you know what? A lot of cheaters don't realize it, but age appears to be a really big motivator for affairs. They want to change who they are. They want to connect with that younger part of themselves. And unfortunately, they do it through infidelity. A lot of people are also searching for that feeling of butterflies. You know that, how do you explain it? It's that fluttering of the chest. It's the butterflies in the belly. It's that feeling of desire. And it's feeling of being desired as well. And a lot of the time in longer term relationships, that butterfly feeling can go missing after periods of time, usually around 18 months to two years. That is when limerence, which is what we call the very romantic part of your relationship, where all your endorphins are raging and you love that person and you're going to marry that person and you're going to be together forever. After 18 months, those feelings do tend to disappear. And that's no one's fault. That's just hormones. That's just life. But a lot of the time people start to chase that feeling and they can get it when they feel desired by someone else. It's part of that thrill of meeting someone new. So if you're bored in your relationship, it doesn't necessarily mean that your partner is boring. It's just that you're struggling with the routine of coupled up life despite all the perks that it brings. Another reason why people cheat is because they think they can't 
control themselves. You know, they make up the excuse of a high sex drive to explain their actions. But I don't know, is that true? Could they channel that energy that they're putting into their affair, into their relationship, and maybe see what happens? Another reason why people cheat is because they feel like they've disconnected from their partner, but they can't break up with them just yet. I don't know why. They just feel like there's something there that's still holding them together, but maybe they have also mentally checked out of the relationship. Maybe they're staying together for certain reasons. It's financial or maybe for the sake of their kids or for a visa. You know, there are many other practical and non-romantic reasons why people stay together in relationships that no longer meet their emotional needs. But the side effect of that kind of transactional relationship is that infidelity is often sought out to fill the void, to bridge that gap as well. What's another reason why people cheat? It could be that they're looking for escapism. So even if you're still fully in love with your partner, the process of going from a new couple into a longer term relationship or maybe even a family unit can be quite non-erotic sometimes. Sometimes that's when the mundane kind of seeps in and you go from a relationship that has a lot of mystery and a lot of curiosity and distance that cultivates desire into something that's safe, secure, novel, you know, and that's when those excited feelings can start to disappear. When we have too much novelty, too much safety in a relationship, that's often when people start craving that mystery, that excitement, that desire. So I always like to tell couples that come into my clinic that it's important to keep that exciting side alive, to keep that longing, that wanting in the relationship and, you know, to mix things up a little bit. If we talk about sex... I mean, sex is a place that you go. It's not just something that you do. It's a place that you go to feel exciting, to try new things, you know, to tap into a different sense of self. But I think a lot of the time in erotic relationships, people start to have sex in the same way. They have a menu per se, where they have the same entree, the same main and the same dessert. But I don't know about you. When I go out for dinner, I don't want to have the same menu every single time I go out. I want to have different cuisines, different entrees, different mains, different desserts. And that's what it should be like in your sex life. Otherwise, you start not wanting to go out to dinner because you know what to expect. You know what you and your partner are going to order. And I think that takes away from a lot of excitement. And it's the same in your sex life in a relationship as well. So change up your menu often. And you know what? Let's be honest. Some people cheat because they want to settle the score. Maybe that's because they're upset at their partner. Maybe that's because their partner has also had a transgression. Maybe that's because... 
They are just looking for something to get even with their partner. There might have been some problems in the relationship and they've decided to step away for certain reasons. You know what? There's many reasons why we would move away. But I guess at the end of the day, we also have to think about, is it selfish too? Anyone can step away easily from the relationship. It's actually harder to stay and face the relationship and face yourself in the relationship and think about, hang on, what do I really need here? If I'm tempted to move away and cheat on my partner, what am I lacking in my relationship? What do I need to chat about with my partner? Is this the right partner for me? What am I unhappy with that's making me look elsewhere? So you know what, we've got a few questions coming up which are centered around this topic and hopefully I can enlighten the followers that have sent in these questions and give them some context and maybe some advice on how to navigate infidelity in their relationship. So the first question that we have in today is a really great one and I feel for the person who's sending it in. I've been having marriage issues for one and a half years now and have had an affair. I don't have the desire to have sex with my husband anymore. It's been eight months since we last had sex and our sex life was a lot better than the affair sex, but I just don't have the attraction and feeling for him like I used to. What do I do? So... This is really interesting. I don't know how long you've been with your partner and obviously I can't give you advice on what to do, but hopefully I can enlighten you a little bit on the situation. You've been having issues for a year and a half. I want you to think about why haven't these issues been worked on? Is there a reason why communication is struggling between you? Is there communication issues? Have you brought up these marriage issues with your partner? And are you seeking out an affair just to bridge that gap? Because like you're saying in this question, your sex life with your partner is a lot better than the affair sex. So it sounds to me like you're running away a little bit and you're trying to find comfort and some type of foundation outside of your marriage. But it also sounds like you really care for your partner too. So I want you to think about, is the affair just about sex? It doesn't sound like it to me. It sounds like it's more about you finding yourself. And it sounds like you're trying to make an escape from your marriage. You know what? It also sounds like you're blaming your infidelity a lot on your marriage too. And it's clear from this question that you're staying together for a reason. And that's obviously because you love your partner. But I think you need to really assess what is right about your marriage. Why could you stay in it? And what can you do to work out your marriage issues so you don't have to look elsewhere for emotional intimacy and support from someone else? I think we need to get you to shift your perception and actually focus inwards. What can you channel from your affair? What can you take from all that energy that you're putting into cheating on your partner 
and bring it back into the relationship? How can you focus on your marriage so much more now and see if you can really make a good push to make this marriage work? Does it take going to a couples therapist to talk about your issues or doing individual psychology as well to really figure out why you two are having concerns? Look, if you think about marriages these days, they're long. (laughs) Back in the day, we didn't used to live to 90 years old. You know, we used to live to like 50. So a marriage was like max 20 years. If you think about living to 90 years old, you know, you're fitting quite a few traditional back in the day marriages into one relationship. There's not going to be time for a break. You have to always be on. And I think it's pretty normal to have bumps in a marriage. But my advice is to actually think about, you know what, this is a bump in the road. If we want to last a distance, we're going to have to refocus and actually see how we can recreate this marriage to be fresh and new. What is the motivation from both sides to make this work? And I don't want you to think about your affair. I want you to think about you and your partner. If you have the same motivation, the drive to make your marriage work, then I think you have a really good chance of working it out. But you do need to try your best. And that unfortunately means having some really uncomfortable conversations. That may mean having a fight or two. And that may mean, well, it should mean doing a lot of work on yourself to make sure that you can shift your energy away from the affair and back into the relationship. So I don't have advice on what you should do in terms of leaving the marriage, but it sounds to me like you have a lot of things that are good about the marriage that you just need to work through. And I think you owe it to yourself to make sure that you have absolutely tried your best. I have been cheated on before and it's devastating. And I often find that it's just totally selfish. Look, you can't judge anyone. I'm sure everyone's going through their own shit, but It unravels the life of the person who's been cheated on when often they're kind of an innocent party in all of this. I don't necessarily believe that once a cheater, always a cheater. I think that people can change um, and I don't judge anyone for staying in a relationship where there has been cheating because I think it's a lot harder to leave sometimes. Um, And I think also there needs to be some flexibility in how we view these situations. It's not always black and white. For our next question, it's a really good one. It's actually very layered. So the question is, how do you deal with your partner of two and a half years always looking at other women posting erotic content online? Some he has flirted with over messages before. I've been honest that it affects my self-esteem due to trauma I'm dealing with. And he then lied, saying that he wasn't, but he was, and even accidentally got caught. I want us to work on the trust, but I can't help but feel really betrayed and like I'm simply not good enough or not attractive, and I'm just attainable for him. This is a really great question, Getting upset that your partner is flirting with someone on social media 
it might sound a little bit silly, but the emotional impact can be very real. And this is where I want to talk about the term micro-cheating. So often we think of affairs or cheating as the two obvious culprits, so physical affairs and emotional affairs. But what micro-cheating does is it encompasses the behaviors that straddle the line between friendliness and unfaithfulness. And that line is drawn very differently for every couple. But the most common, I guess, examples of micro-cheating could be dressing differently when you know that you're seeing a certain person that you have a crush on or lying by omission, so leaving out some important information about where you're going, who you're seeing and what you're doing. So maybe telling your partner that you're hanging out with certain people, but you might have a special person there that you're interested in. It also can be doing things like sending love hearts or peach emojis or liking someone's pictures or commenting on their pictures that your partner's not really keen on, or it could be sending a cheeky DM or two to someone that you think, you know what, I'm going to have to hide this message. So it's actually about the secrecy that makes it a micro-cheating event. And the fact that your partner has lied about it means that it's crossed over from friendship into something more. Because a lot of the time it's totally okay for us to speak to our platonic friends and send love hearts and send, you know, cheeky emojis. But that's because it's out in the open. We don't have to hide it from our partners. But in this case, the point when it becomes secretive, when you're hiding it from your partner or your partner's hiding it from you, that's when it becomes micro cheating. And I think in this case, you're allowed to be upset. And if you've spoken about it with your partner before, that means that they know that your boundaries are there. They know that you don't want them engaging in that type of behavior, that it makes you feel uncomfortable, that you have trauma in your past that makes you not be open to that kind of behavior. And that is absolutely okay. You don't have to feel inclined to let your partner flirt with someone else if you're not comfortable with it. And setting a standard within your relationship that that's not on is absolutely okay. Because you're allowed to let your partner, you know, have different types of friends. And I think the more that you're open with each other, the better. But I think if you are setting a boundary to say, you know what, I don't want you sliding into people's DMs and I don't want you lying about it to me, that's absolutely all right. It's not to do with you. And I notice that in your question, you said, I feel betrayed, like I'm not good enough, I'm not attractive enough. It doesn't have to do with you. It's about your partner and where they're going and what they're doing. Of course, if there are behaviors in the relationship that are possessive from you, that means that your partner needs to assess the relationship and go, is this actually the one I want to be with? But if they keep stepping over that fine line 
of friendliness into flirting, into trying to establish something that's more than friendly and you keep feeling uncomfortable by it, then I think that you two really need to assess why you're in this relationship if you're going to be stepping outside the boundaries of it. And I do think that you need to sit down and have a hard conversation with your partner and go, you know what, I don't want you to tell me why you're doing it. I want you to tell me how it makes you feel to talk to these other people because obviously there's something in the relationship that you're not getting here. I can't provide it to you unless I know or you need to assess why you keep going outside of the boundaries of what I've stated for our relationship because it keeps hurting my feelings and I don't want to be jealous and I don't want to be possessive and I don't want to give you the wrong idea. I just want to let you know that this makes me feel really sad and it's not making me feel very secure or safe in the relationship. So babe, it's not about you not being good enough and not being attractive enough. It's just that your partner is continuing to betray your boundaries and your standards and it seems like you two need to get on the same level and really talk this out either between the two of you or with a relationship therapist to make sure that you can either stay together and stay faithful within the relationship or you need to decide maybe this isn't for me. Being cheated on is not okay. You think you're in a safe, secure relationship and then have the rug pulled out from underneath you. And it has such a lasting impact on future relationships to come. Like someone who has never wronged you before in the past, you feel really unsure of what they're doing when you're not around or who they're texting when you have no reason to doubt this new person but it's purely because of how you've been wronged in the past. All right, we have another great question here. I was married for 10 years and met a man who's also married for 23 years. And after months of friendship, we couldn't dismiss our sexual connection and it didn't take long for the flirting to turn into what are we doing after just a few amazing months having an affair we have both left our partners for each other the sex is the best i've ever had and we don't just have great sex though we have a friendship great connection and we're very open and honest with each other i think this is what makes our sex life amazing as we are both very explorative my question is is the age gap going to make a difference quickly Things are amazing now and he is very, very fit. I can't see this changing anytime soon. How long will he stay like this for? Well, babe, I mean, great question. I don't know how old either of you are, so that's a little bit troublesome for me, but... I think you actually need to think a little bit practically about this. And if you're worried, why don't you open that conversation with your partner too? It sounds like he is very open to discussing anything that's coming up in your relationship and in your sex life. And you know what? As you get old, things do change a little bit in the body and that's going to happen for you and for him. So women or anyone with ovaries goes through menopause around age 45 to 55, 60 and that does impact on your sex life and 
Look, at age 50, you have a 50% chance of getting erectile dysfunction, age 60, 60% chance. So, of course, it might be a few bumps in the road. But at the end of the day, it sounds to me like you're thinking that penetrative sex is the be-all and end-all. And penetrative sex is nice, but it's just one type of way to have sex. Sex actually isn't about penetration. Sex is about pleasure. It's about fun. It can be about having an orgasm, but it sounds to me like you are really enjoying that emotional connection alongside the physical connection. And there are always ways to work with age and eroticism, but also age and a growing relationship too. At the end of the day, you've signed up for this and it's a good idea to recognize that when things do start changing, you can open that conversation with your partner to go, you know what, how do we mix this up? How do we change the way that we're having sex? How do we change the difference in fitness? You know, what can we do to keep this alive and fun and well? And that can mean using different types of sex toys, different lubricants. It might mean some medical help or sexological help with functioning. But I think at the end of the day, you two seem really open and it sounds like you're having a really wonderful time. So kudos to you. Just be open-minded and don't worry too much about future problems. Enjoy the moment for what it is. Enjoy the pleasure and the relationship and everything you're getting from it now that you weren't able to find in your marriage. I wish you the best of luck. Thank you for listening to the Sealed Section. I'll be back next week to answer some questions on bringing back the passion to a relationship. Here's a taste. I have been with the same partner for 14 years. I would rather masturbate on my own than have sex with him. I fantasize about having sex with other men and women too. What should I do to get my life back on track? Well, I mean, your life's not off track, so I wouldn't be too hard on yourself, but I would suggest really looking inwards and going, why aren't I able to share these fantasies with my partner? If you have a question or comment about this podcast, you can email us at podcast at mamamia.com.au or leave a message on our pod phone at 02-899-9386. My name is Chantel Otten and you can find me on Instagram at Chantel underscore Otten underscore sexologist. This episode was produced by Emmeline Peterson. See you next week. Mamma Mia acknowledges the traditional owners of the land we have recorded this podcast on, the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation. We pay our respects to their elders, past and present, and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander cultures.